0: The Profit Project, Module 1 and the Economic Equation of Business. Welcome to The Profit Project and all that we'll be covering as we work together to help you to find more profit in what are certainly challenging economic times. Beginning today, we'll be identifying the key drivers of your business and we'll be seeking to help you to understand, apply, and tweak the economic equation of business so that you can enjoy better sales results and a better work-life balance and move more purposefully towards the achievement of your most important goals. There are many different factors that can have a significant impact upon the productivity, viability, survival, and the lifespan of a business. These factors can range from the external influences such as the economy... Interest rates, competitor behaviour, new competition, political instability, availability of investment income, consumer confidence, raw material shortages, government policy, etc. But there are also significant other factors that can impact the productivity of any enterprise. Issues such as staffing, the product life cycle, technological advancements, think of the Internet's impact on the retail sector in changing buying habits new service requirements, the impact of loyalty programs of competitors, pricing impacts of larger companies as they enter new markets, predatory behaviour, and the loss of your own intellectual property, etc. When you bundle all of these together, is it any wonder that you're busy, and that just getting through the day, the week, the month, and the year has sometimes replaced a deliberately planned, distinctively effective approach, which is implemented with excellence? More about excellence later. So, what is the economic equation of business? And what are the variables that exist that we can focus on and tweak in order to help you to enjoy more profitability, predictability, and control in uncertain times? Well, part of that dilemma is overcome by revisiting the basics of business, which we call the economic equation of business. Take this opportunity to wander back to the time when you were in mathematics class in school. When you were learning the basics of equations, there were two variables that could dramatically impact the result or sum of any equation. These were numbers listed either side of a horizontal line. The numbers above the line were called the numerator. The numbers below the line were called the denominator. The numerator over the denominator equals the result. The only way you can possibly increase the result is to either 1. decrease the denominator or 2. increase the numerator. Or, if you were really keen, you could do both at the same time. In a business, the numerator is often called sales, income or production. And the denominator is basically the expenses, cost of goods or liabilities. Almost without exception over recent years, most organisations have been tempted to obtain better results by the simple process of reducing costs. In fact, this approach has almost become an art form in some of the bigger organisations where we see CEOs' bonuses often linked to this narrow, short-term prescription for productivity. You and I have seen organisations which have had their expenses cut by reducing the size of their labour force and this has unfortunately affected output and quality. But in the short term, it has also led to the incremental increase in results. As it has been said before, downsizing can make an organization leaner, but it can be the equivalent of corporate anorexia. Taken to an extreme, it can make it thinner, but not necessarily any healthier. We see this often as a by-product of cost-cutting, where invariably customer service standards slip and the customer becomes the victim and it negatively impacts the customer's experience. Many individuals and companies, though, have not yet fully explored the numerator or the possibilities for increases in the growth area of their business. The variables in the numerator section of the equation include strategies that can influence such things as product or service uniqueness, Promoting, marketing, add-on sales and new markets, sales channels, for example the internet. Pricing reductions or increases in order to increase sales volume. Positioning of retail or sales outlets. Productivity or output of the people in the business. Product delivery methods and minimising turnaround times, just in time. Processes of the business. All of these possibilities and more are areas where you can make improvements and, in turn, achieve a better result. Chances are, in your business, you have a real grasp of the issues that limit or can curtail growth. And also, you will have the understanding of the weaknesses in your systems, people, products and services. Nothing is as good as it could be. This means that you have the possibility of finding methods for improvement before your competitors do. It also raises the question as to how you approach these challenges and what solutions you plan to implement. I'm not suggesting for a minute that you're not being productive now, but rather with the busyness of work and life that a new application of the basics of business can provide unique opportunities, wonderful results and a great sense of well-being and accomplishment. It has been said, the best way to be part of the future is to plan out what it will look like and start moving towards it today. Think about the relevance and the opportunity that exists if you were to revisit the basics with a fresh approach and what that could bring about. All of us have insights, ideas and hunches as to how we can improve but often we cannot find the time to commit to explore or implement the strategies to achieve exceptional success. Increasing numeration Let's look at the huge potential for increasing profitability and how it comes about. In simplistic terms, to increase profit by 20%, you do not have to increase your sales by 20%. You only have to marginally tweak the economic equation of business. Depending on the percentage of profit on sales that you enjoy, you only have to tweak the equation fractionally to greatly impact the result. Remember that all of your fixed costs are already paid, so that an increase of 8, 10, or 12 percent can easily give you a 20 percent increase in profit or more. Strategies for Success The little things are often the things that can make a great difference. Just 0.27 of 1% improvement per day is a 100% improvement in a year. Think about that. Just 0.27 of 1%. Everyone can improve today by 0.27 of 1%. It's just a small extra measure of effort. It's just a slightly different way of doing things. It's making that one extra phone call. Being on time, communicating appropriately. It's a mindset, an attitude, an idea and an insight. Finding ways to improve your contribution to your workplace or business can be a very energising process. In the long run, every business will be paid in direct proportion to the value they bring to their clients and customers. Plan to be the person who runs the organisation that is leading the field in your industry group. The Pareto Principle The Pareto Principle, or otherwise known as the 80-20 rule, is a measurement that is used to gain increases in productivity and performance. It is a focal tool that clarifies the activities and outcomes of most endeavours. Although not perfect, its principle nevertheless is seen in many walks of life. Basically, it says that 80% of your results come about by approximately 20% of your efforts. Conversely, 20% of your results come about through 80% of your efforts. Look at a client's base, a salesperson's productivity, or an individual's output, and you can see this principle at work. The key to unlocking its power comes in identifying what are the most productive activities, actions, approaches, or product lines in any working environment. Maybe it's the 20% of your clients that account for 80% of your company's income. It follows logically, then, that in order to increase productivity, you should develop methods and strategies to find another 20% group. Mathematically, this then gives you the opportunity of dramatically increasing the bottom line. Defining Profit Profit has been defined as a financial gain or the gap between income and expenditure. As a verb, it denotes obtaining a financial advantage or benefit. Another lens through which we can view the word profit is that it can be the amount of money that is set aside out of a business after wages and other expenses are fully paid for. So, according to those definitions, is your business profitable, or is it just an expense-paying machine that has little or no excess for future expansion, growth, or to move into other logical business areas? You see, if you do not plan for a profit and an excess, chances are you will not have one. Over and over and over again, organisations have a tendency to go very close to achieving their needs income requirements, but rarely their potential. That is where we begin our quest for profit with you, your business and this program. Other factors impacting profitability It is simplistic to believe that all the answers lie within the economic equation of business. Some of the other factors that we will consider beginning next module are The cost involved in gaining a new client The difference between customers and clients The client retention grid and how to make this work for you Client retention strategies and how to gain more repeat business Traditional Approaches to Making Money In general terms, we make money when we solve a problem, create a benefit, eliminate unpleasantness, save time in a process, provide a service, develop a product that is beneficial, distract or bring joy through entertainment, build value into an article or process, save money and expense for someone else, etc. Our attitude towards our business and the latent opportunities that exist hidden within its markets, products, our people and processes are where we begin our search. But, as in any search, we need to be sure of what it is that we're looking for. We're looking forward towards our customers or clients and are seeking to gain a clearer understanding as to how we may serve them better. We're also looking at the front of house of our business and how it presents itself to the public. The back-of-house efficiencies and effectiveness are also an area to investigate. The tweaking, tightening and revisiting of the processes and the procedures that we use can also lead to better outcomes. Collaboratively, we can look at our suppliers and seek efficiencies here, as well as looking again at our financing situation, debtors, etc., For those of us who are in a supply chain situation, we can seek to add complementary products to our business. Some very successful businesses seek to own their supply chain, or at least a part of it. Others look to make their supply chain an add-value chain, by adding into the chain another process or enhancement that makes the product or service different. The business vibe, and a little bit more. Every business has a vibe, a feel, a culture, call it what you may. It's not something that you can see, but you can surely experience it. It's a sigh, a feeling, an excitement or, sadly, a disappointment. For those organisations that deal directly with the public, this is a huge issue for the buying experience of your customers. For those of us in a wholesale setting, we still have customers who are also able to detect this vibe. And ultimately, this will impact their longevity in dealing with you. Often it's not the big things that make a huge impact in a business relationship. It's the little things that are extraordinary. Maybe a case study will help. Up until the mid-1990s, there was a petrol station in the Adelaide Hills on a pronounced bend in the road in Coromandel Valley. Not an ideal spot for a service station. However, the owner of this station added into his business a few little extras, that allowed his business to serve him well. As a casual observer and occasional user, I often drove through the back way to the hills, and I noticed something rather unusual. It was always a busy, industrious petrol station. I bought petrol there, and I was served by a middle-aged man, the owner, and he was always enthusiastic. The differences that I noticed were in the way he approached his business. Here are some of the things I noticed. He never had a discounted price sign-up, and I knew I probably paid a few cents more per litre. He was part of the purchase as he was filling up my tank rather than me. He was doing this happily. In fact, he was always happy. Before I even approached the service station, there were two signs attached to trees on either side of the road that proudly announced, prepare to wave. This man, while he was filling up cars with petrol, waved to the passing traffic, and oftentimes people tooted their horn sort of in an encouraging, friendly way. They knew him, and he probably knew most of them. It's interesting, isn't it? Often I've thought about what this little difference was that made the difference to this man's business. I knew he made more money per sale than the bigger stations in nearby Blackwood that always had a deal going. Simply put, I think a large part of it was his attitude, and this was expressed by his willingness to serve. His very visual differential was not the product or the price, but his attitude and his wave. It created a smile on my face many times, even when I drove past and didn't buy from him. It added to the feel of my day. It reminded me that he was there. It encouraged me to remember that next time I'll buy some petrol from him. And I did. Attitudes towards problems and crises There is absolutely no doubt that the world economy and our local economy has changed over the last few years. There are some pundits who believe it will not go back to what we've known. They think it has changed forever. So what should be our approach and attitude towards this? Singular thinking. Most people think that in working with a particular problem, crisis or difficulty, that they are required to make a decision. A decision. Singular. Singular. Often the key to outstanding success is to get out of singular thinking and get into multiple outcome or possibility thinking. Wherever possible, come up with multiple courses of actions that you can take. Lee Iacocca, the ex-president of Chrysler, said that he always liked to have what he called a vanilla, chocolate and strawberry option. Often it doesn't cost that much more to have these. And you may be better off to implement three flavours of a decision, measure the outcome and thereby learn which approach is much more satisfactory. This promotes learning and it adds to your experience base and it gives you options. Problem Solving Some of you may be wondering why we're covering problem solving and decision making in a profit project module. They are interrelated. In many cases, the reason we have problems is because we haven't made an appropriate conscious decision and followed through with it. If our problem is lack of cash flow, new customers or the like, our solution lies in making an appropriate decision with a plan and following it through to solve the problem. Our Attitudes Towards Problems Everyone has their fair share of problems, but how we view them is vitally important. If we only see problems and difficulties as a crisis, we can often miss something of their great worth. The Chinese have an interesting way of writing the word crisis in their culture. They do not have a singular word for our English equivalent for the word crisis. The only way that they can communicate it is by putting together two separate words side by side. Their word crisis is actually made up of these two words which, in essence, have separate, independent meanings. They are the two words, danger and opportunity. When put together, they form the word crisis. This is not only an insightful portrayal of the situation, but it also gives us the chance to work on and find an opportunity and take advantage of it. How many crises and problems have been viewed only as negative occurrences, rather than unique hidden opportunities to be seen, investigated and turned to advantage? W. Clement Stone said it this way, In every problem is the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. There are countless examples of people who have turned their problem into a unique opportunity to market a product, a service or design an invention. The space race and the pursuit to put man on the moon encountered many problems, but we as a society are enjoying the benefits of their solutions. Even the humble product of Teflon was invented as a response to a problem that they encountered. Problems are opportunities that are wrapped in black. Money problems. Money flows to those who have the product, service, process or application that eliminates a problem or unsatisfactory result. A great place to find money-making opportunities is to look where there are problems for which people are anxious for a solution. There really is no such thing as a money shortage. There is only a shortage of creative ideas. In reality, the number of problems that you can see are in fact the number of positive changes that you can make. Focusing your attention on problems or crises and the hidden opportunities within them is a great place to look for potential future income or a new business angle. Problems produce opportunities. So as we finish this first module, are you beginning to see new opportunities, angles or areas that can lead you to more productivity and profit, and the progression towards the achievement of your most important goals? Then let's get into action by working on your own Blueprint for Profit.